0: Hi there, it's David Jim Jung here for another year of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. It's uh, the last episodes of 2017 that you are listening to right now. And just before we get into any other uh, bits of business... I want to say thank you for listening. Wherever you are in the world, however you've come across this podcast, it's all so, so appreciated, and uh, yeah, it means the absolute world to me that you are listening to and supporting this podcast, so thank you so, so much uh, for being with me this year. I've had periods of inactivity and kind of uncertainty as to whether this podcast would continue, but uh, yeah... I've been really motivated to, to keep it going and keep up uh, the productivity. So, uh, yeah, it, it it's all because of people like you listening and supporting. So thank you so much for that. It, it really does mean the world. So, yeah, it's been a pretty crazy time since I uh, last spoke to you. Uh, since then, uh, found out that All My Friends Are In Bar Bands was featured in Rolling Stone. Yeah, no shit. Uh, so, the January issue of Rolling Stone, uh, with the late, great Malcolm Young on the cover. Uh, really wonderful tribute to him in this issue. But uh, this issue is also the hot issue, uh, where they talk about uh, some of the things that are deemed hot right now. Uh, so, hot uh, heroine, Britney Spears. Hot author, Sean Prescott. Hot Resurrection, Freddie Mercury. Hot Actress, Grace Van Patten. Uh, That's just on this two-page spread that I'm looking at. But uh, Hot Podcasts was also one. And uh, lo and behold, (laughs) there I am. One of the five podcasts that has been selected as one of the best podcasts to be listening to right now. So a huge thanks to uh, Johnny Nail for this really lovely write-up. Passionate local music nerd David James Young, that's me, goes one-on-one with his music heroes on this charmingly lo-fi, I mean, (laughs) I guess, uh, it's one microphone and I'm recording this in my front yard, so I guess that's lo-fi, and criminally underrated podcast, that's very nice, like, uh, (laughs) I think, uh, I wouldn't want to be underrated for too long, I mean, it's been three years, but, uh, you know, you do what you gotta do, man. Most recently, Young, who also co-hosts a series examining every Hottest 100 song ever. That is true. Hottest 100s and Thousands, if you haven't checked that out. Uh, We are currently in our fifth season, and it is so much fun. So please check that one out. Most recently, Young has gone beyond the title's pub punk confines, including chats with breakout star Amy Shark. Hi, Amy. And revered outsider artist David Lieber Hart. Hi, David. Hello, sir. Yeah, those were two of my favourite episodes this year, so I'm glad uh, people got into those. On that note... Uh, <laughs> favorite episodes. Uh, as soon as these go up, I am going to be putting up a poll where you can pick your favorite episodes of 2017. And uh, we'll be kicking off 2018 with a best of episodes. So you can have a listen to that and you can check out a little bit of what were deemed uh, to be favorites and the best episodes of the podcast in 2017. So, if that's of interest, please stay tuned, and I will have more information about that going up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash A-M-F-A-I-B-B-P-O-D, all my friends are in Barbands podcast for short, or just type in Barbands, you'll be able to find us in the, uh, the Facebook algorithm one way or another. But yeah, I, I literally got featured in Rolling Stone, which is something I never thought would ever happen, so yeah, it was a very, very surreal moment for me, but, uh, I'm really glad that it happened. And, uh, if anyone has come across my work since then, uh, thanks. Uh, I hope you enjoy what you hear. I hope you stick around. Let me know what you reckon. (laughs) Anyway, uh, moving on to today's guests. Today's guests are two dream guests of the podcast and, uh, two people, or three people technically, but two bands uh, that I absolutely love and uh, I'm really, really stoked to have on this podcast. So the first is Lauren Denizio. Lauren Denizio is an American singer, songwriter, guitarist uh, who has spent time in bands like The Measure S.A. and Warriors, which they currently front. Uh, Have been for about four years now. Uh, I discovered The Measure, I think through some online punk forum, this would have been about six years ago, and, uh, was obsessed with their album Notes, which you can find on Spotify, and it's an absolute banger. Uh, but as soon as that band broke up, I found out that Lauren was starting a new band, and so I followed them to that, and, uh, Warriors have since become one of my absolute favorite bands. Uh, They just toured Australia for the first time in September. They played at Poison City Weekender, and they also did a tour uh, opening for Camp Cope. So I got to see them six times on this tour. Like I said, I've literally been waiting for years and years and years for them to come to Australia. And uh, when I was first in the same room as Lauren Donizio, it was kind of, you know, in community where uh, Troy meets LeVar Burton? That was me. Like, I was, like, bug-eyed and, like, freaking out. And, like, I couldn't bring myself to go up to them and say anything uh, because I was, like, freaking out. Uh, But naturally, like, I I kind of worked up the courage after a little while. And uh, I spoke to them. And uh, they were super, super wonderful and super accommodating and kind and thoughtful. And they even remembered me from uh, some emails that I'd sent a few years before. Uh, asking if they'd ever consider coming to Australia. So, yeah, it was a real, real pleasure to get to speak to Lauren and uh, to interview them as well. Uh, Huge thanks to previous guest of the show, lifetime friend of the show, Sarah Thompson, uh, for helping to set up this chat. Uh, We recorded this at the Red Rattler in Sydney, uh, just before the Camp Cope headlining show the first couple of minutes are uh, recorded inside and then uh, we moved it outside so that uh, we wouldn't have the sound check uh, bleeding the camp cope sound check bleeding into what we were recording so the first minute or minute or two minute first couple of minutes are, are a little different to uh, how the rest of it turned out, but uh, you'll figure it out. It, it's pretty easy. And uh, yeah, no major, major kerfuffles there. The other episode you are about to hear, you're hearing one of uh, two uh, going into this, so uh, it's a kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. I decided to record the same intro for both podcasts because I am lazy. Anyway, uh, Sean Burnett, Ben Gality, together, they are AJJ, formerly known as Andrew Jackson Jihad. They have been making uh, wonderfully weird folk punk for over a decade now, and uh, I spoke to them while they were here in late September for their first ever headlining tour of Australia. They performed at a few different places, including the Metro Lair in Sydney, and uh, Yours and Elves Festival in Wollongong. But uh, this was recorded up in Newcastle. The band were playing in the Bistro Room of the Hamilton Station Hotel. This was a really fun one. I had met Ben and Sean when they first came out to Australia in 2015. Uh, as Again, as part of Poison City Weekender. Uh, that was, uh, we, and they also did a tour with the Smith Street Band, the Sidekicks, and the Sugar Canes, which was an absolute belter. That was a really, really, really fun tour. And, uh, yeah, some fond memories of that tour. So half of this is just reminiscing and talking shit and, uh, half of it is getting into the nuts and bolts of their musical careers. So, uh, yeah, this is a really fun one. Uh, this also features a transition in which we were sitting and talking at uh, a coffee shop and then, uh, we decided to finish the podcast on the way back to, uh, the venue walking back, so uh, there's a little shift there, but uh, I managed to transition that using a Barband's sting so you'll know when the change is about to happen. It's not one of those ridiculous sudden ones. It's like, oh, oh, what just happened there? You'll see it. You'll see it coming. Anyway, I've gas bagged on a bit too long as per usual, but uh, <laughs> I had a little bit to get through, and uh, yeah, again thank you so, so much for listening, and uh, thank you to these people. These are my patrons. These are the people that support the podcast on Patreon, the absolute legends that they are uh, putting their hard-earned in to make sure this podcast stays up online and helps to support this podcast, helps to keep it free, etc., etc., etc. So, thank you to these absolute legends supporting the podcast over on Patreon. Thanks to Amy Gray, Andrew Nicholson, Blake Hennequin, Britt Andrews, Eleanor Shepard, Hazel Chan, Heath Anthony, Jeremy Neal, Jonathan Elvery, Karen Dennis, Kirsten Day, congratulations on the new baby, Kirsten, uh, Christy Wanmaker, Leslie Bowden, Liam Sherlaw, Lily Belnick, Matthew Lynch, Max Quinn, Rachel Maria Cox, Ryan Dunn, Sianne Van Cuti, Tom Brown, Tom Kennedy, Tom Jenkins, and Zoe Lane. You can join that elite crew for as little as one dollar a month, helping to support this podcast on a monthly basis. You can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash barbands. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash barbands. B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S. If you don't want to do a monthly thing, maybe you just want to throw in a couple of bucks, that's fine. You can do that uh, by going to paypal.me, P-A-Y-P-A-L dot M-E slash Rights is my PayPal. And uh, yeah, you want to throw in a couple of bucks there as a one-off donation, you can do that. But if you want to do it monthly and, uh, yeah, be one of the absolute legends that supports the podcast that way, again, patreon.com slash barbands. That's going to be it for 2017. Enjoy these final episodes with Lauren DiNizio from Warriors and the guys from AJJ. Have a wonderful holiday season. Have a great, safe, wonderful new year. And uh, I look forward to catching up with all of you in 20. 18. I'm David James Young and all my friends in Bar Bands. Hi everyone. I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in Barbel. Today, I would like to introduce you
1: to my friends AJJ. Hello. Hi. Please <laughs> introduce yourselves, friends. My name is Ben Gallaty, and my name is Sean Bonnet.
0: What do you do in your in your uh, roles,
1: respectively, in I, AJJ? I, I typically play bass. Uh-huh. I drove uh, a little bit today. But, <laughs> which is my first time driving on the right-hand side of the vehicle. It's it exciting? It was a little bit weird at first. I, I was using the uh, windshield wipers for the turn signal at first. <laughs> I think I uh, maybe lost the confidence of everyone when I got in and started turning on the windshield wipers, but I got it figured out. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. It was, uh, it was a little bit challenging, but it was exciting. Good job. Yeah. Sean, what do you do in AJJ? Yeah,
2: I just write this down. Just write this? Oh, you
0: know, nothing 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 too major. Yeah. You know.
2: It's only integral
0: to the entire thing.
2: It's, it's fine. I thing. It is what it is. I, I drive sometimes too, but uh but not on I haven't I haven't driven yet on this side of the road.
1: You'll do it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I will. It'll be fun. I reckon totally. everyone will get a go? Does everyone have their license? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if everyone will do it. That's a good question. So, driving, yeah. driving on this side of the road isn't so bad, but driving with a trailer always sucks.
0: Oh yeah, it's brutal. Mm-hmm.
2: It's very full on. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's got
0: two foreign it's concepts really at the same long. time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very unhealthy Venn diagram right
1: there. There's three really, if you think about it, because you're on uh, unfamiliar side of the road. Yep. Unfamiliar side of the car uh-huh. and the trailer. So you got a lot working against you. I'm Un- Unfamiliar true. part of the world as well, you know? Yeah. You don't, you
0: don't know those ro- roads as,
2: nearly as well as you would back home. Yeah, and the roads are lousy with, uh, with kangaroos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you what? Yeah. What's left of those Kangaroos, deer, you know, same thing really, but the kangaroos jump higher. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: true. <laughs> I'd love to get that tested.
2: Be like, all right.
0: Just see how high one will bounce upon impact Oh, oh man
1: well, well, I guess yeah, We could, we we got could some. test it out yeah, the, maybe, I'm positive maybe the, would Would the
0: deer be slightly smaller than a kangaroo? Depending I'm, on what type I'm, of yeah, kangaroo I I'm, suppose I'm, I'm too I'm thinking yeah. like latitude <laughs> and etcetera, etc It's it's very confusing yeah. So yeah. we're in Newcastle And it is day two Of the uh, AJJ headlining tour Yes sir and today was apparently quite fucking brutal, trying to get from Brisbane to Newcastle.
2: It was a long drive. Yeah. I, I reserve brutal for for other, other things in the band life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we did have a travel day. I mean, you know, today mm. was 12 hours of driving. Mm. But we had lots of stops. We saw the big banana, you know, things like that. Yeah. But then we just, like, you know, the night before, so... Yesterday, I'd consider a little bit more brutal because we did the, you know... Oh, you did the entire flight? We did the flight, yeah. So, I mean, just the trip from L.A., not to mention the connecting flights. L.A. to uh, Sydney was, what, 14, 15 hours, something like that? Yeah. And then...
2: Phoenix to L.A., two hours. L.A. to Sydney, 14 hours. Sydney to Brisbane, missed our flight, delayed an hour, delayed another hour, you know, so three hours... On top of that, I had to drive from Tucson to Phoenix to start... Oh, yeah, ...to yeah. get there. Holy shit.
1: So it's... It, it how, how far is up it from Tucson to Phoenix? Hours. Uh, two hours. Right. Cool. That's, that was a lot of hours altogether. And then we didn't... Yeah, no, no sleep really I mean just like shitty plane sleep and then we were able to play the show last night I was really impressed that we like got through it without naps or anything you turned it out man yeah admire like, your yeah. perseverance you
0: know that's a that's a baptism by fire if I ever saw one you know fucking <laughs> <laughs> hours upon hours of touring and then they just throw you in the back of a metal bar and it's just like good luck
2: <laughs> I like that metal bar it is yeah, very good yeah. isn't it it is yeah, a fucking wonderful time I
0: love crowbar but um, yeah, so this is your first headline tour. But the second time you guys have been here, so first time was where we met for the first time uh, with uh, previous uh, guests Mr. Japan and of course the Sidekicks and oh, yeah. the Sugar Canes, and it was a wild ride, wasn't it? It yeah, was pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome, awesome time. I was reminiscing about it just recently with a with a friend of mine. I was just like, oh, so have you seen them before? I was just like, well, actually. Me and the sidekicks and uh, AJJ all got to go down. We took them through the Botanical Gardens in Sydney and then all the way down to uh,
1: the, opera the, the Opera House. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And um, It's beautiful. Yeah, it was really beautiful. Toby from the sidekicks has this gorgeous shot of us, just you know, just minuscule little shots of us. So you, can, you can barely make out it's us, but we're all just standing there. And then you can see all of the harbour and the wharves and stuff like that. I remember you, Sean, the absolute madman down doing kick flips on the wharf. Um,
2: that was fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cause the wharf was kind of like moving with the sea, so like yeah, it, yeah. it was at that it was at the same level, so like whenever the waves would move the, the, the deck would move as well. And, yeah, you, and fucking, bit... you and Deacon man was just fucking off you were going, just kick flipping.
2: I was just like, God damn. The risk was really fun, because if you fuck up you lose your part.
0: <laughs> 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 Oh that's what I like about you you're a fucking risk taker <laughs> 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 oh my goodness and yeah we were uh, also just talking about uh, the uh, the Fury Road
2: grooming which uh, uh, what was it what were you using it was like cake spray or something yeah it was a convection convectioners uh, paint yeah basically just like sugar like we said
0: uh, we sent someone to the supermarket to get it specifically <laughs> what
1: are you talking about that was spray paint <laughs> Legitimately, spray paint. What? Yeah. Oh. Fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> now that the
2: statute of limitations ran out. we we'll oh. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, what can I say? You guys are rebels and you'll never be any good. <laughs> bad boys. <laughs> we were born bad. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. So I begin these by talking about the specific uh, moments where music changed from being something that maybe you're... Listening to on the radio or watching the TV or something, to being something where it was like, Oh, this is what I wanna do. I wanna play an instrument, I wanna sing, I wanna be a musician. Um we will start with you. Can you tell me a little bit how kind of like music factored into your childhood and whether there was that kind of switch on moment as to this is what I wanna do?
2: Music was a part of my life, you know, from birth. My mm. mom would play lots of records around the house, uh, tapes. Yeah. Songs I remember hearing were like Stevie Wonder, Isn't She Lovely, Brass Monkey by the Beastie Boys. Oh yeah. This Monkey's Gone to Heaven by uh, the Pixies. It's a lot of monkeys. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> babies love monkeys. <laughs> it's true. They so, um, still do. Yeah, Curious George. He's a hit. And then we uh, I remember there being a piano in my mom's room uh, at our grandparents' house. And uh, plunking around on that, I actually just got to hear some re- some early recordings that my mom made on the tape player of me like playing piano. Whoa, um, pretty good. I had some chops. Cool. But then uh, got my first bass when I was thirteen, uh, and I wanted to play like new metal stuff. Fuck oh, yeah! Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was I, weirdly that was kind of the moment. I guess corn to play yeah everyone wanted to be fieldy kidding me <laughs> yeah you just gotta tune the bass down so yeah that, like, yeah yeah and,
0: and, and find a strap that's so long your bass is pretty much vertical just, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's an important that's a, part yeah yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, I you know I won't speak for Ben but I feel like fieldy isn't pretty big influence on him playing the upright bass yeah <laughs> yeah he tries to play the upright bass the way Fieldy he plays uh, regular bass yeah. and your upright bass is in drop A as well
0: so you know it all oh, works yeah, out of course yeah. <laughs> it just
1: mostly produces clicking sounds rather than tone yeah
2: Oh god, that'd be guttural. I'm trying to think of a drop A double bass now. Preston's gonna be playing drop A in a in a bass in uh, in Goya pretty soon. Ooh. He's doing a Goya tour in November. I'm very intrigued by you know, playing drop A. Oh me. brutal.
0: So Ben, what about you? Yeah. What was what was your fieldy moment?
1: Uh <laughs> fieldy dreams. <laughs> yeah. um, my fieldy moment actually we'll just move over to that actually. <laughs> so I worked at a record store for a while. Just yeah. If we're talking about Fieldy now. I, feel like I have to talk <laughs> Why about not? So I had a lot, a lot of used CDs, mm. and uh, I would go through and I had to alphabetize because people are slobs and like Obviously. they take stuff out and they put it back in the wrong place. So I had yeah, yeah, part yeah. of my job would just be to like go through and look and make sure everything was alphabetized. And uh, I had like the D through G section, and there's like a Fieldy solo record called Fieldy's Dreams. What? And. Uh, I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" I took it out. I looked at it. And it's signed by Fieldy, and the thing is for sale for three dollars and ninety-nine cents. <laughs> and the entire time I worked at that record store for like over, like a year and a half, probably. Mm-hmm. There's like a sign. There's a piece of rock and roll history yeah. it's sitting on the shelves for three dollars and ninety-nine cents. Nobody bought it the whole time oh, I was there. No. I, I almost bought it, and you persuaded me to not buy it. <laughs> is it better in your
2: hands, or is it better here? I think you it could... belongs there, yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, but as far as music and starting to play music, uh, yeah, I grew up in a family also, like, music was around. My parents were both musicians. So. Yeah. yeah, tried to play music. Like, my dad would try to teach me guitar, but, like, the first day that he tried to teach me anything on guitar, he tried to teach me bar chords, which, I mean... Like one of the more difficult things to do with a guitar. Yeah. You know, like maybe you teach that, like yeah, an well, open kinda, chords it's or something. More intermediate, I'd say, yeah. yeah. And like my fingers just hurt, like just creating one single bar chord. It sounded like shit. I'm like, this is not for me. Yeah. And it wasn't until years later, I was uh, in sixth grade, 13 years old, seventh grade actually, 13 mm. years old. And uh, two of my friends had guitars and they're like, you know, knew like a Nirvana riff and then like a Bush. They knew Bush Glycerin Oh fuck yeah And then they, they told me Like I need to like I should talk to my dad And see if he has a bass Somewhere that I can Start playing mm. And I asked my dad And of course he like Produced a bass And a bass amp And like by the end Of that day I was like Jamming along With Bush Glycerin With my bass oh, fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great starting point Yeah cause, like, cause it's cool chords Yeah, yeah like you, And you can I mean yeah Like with my dad Teaching me the bar chords Like fuck this This is impossible mm. Why even try But then, like, Bush Glycerin, you're like, oh, damn, Uh, I'm a musician, (laughs) you know, like, I've been playing for three hours, and, like, I'm, like, playing songs with my friends, so, so that was my intro to playing music. I don't know if that was the point at which I'm like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Mm. I, yeah. I, mean, I don't think you ever think
0: that when you're starting yeah. out, but it's just like, yeah, I, I still don't using that.
2: that. <laughs> I also still don't think <laughs> that. There, there's, no, there's no real aspiration to be, like, a rock star or, like, anything like that. It was kind of just an extension of...
1: Uh... Playing music with your buds? Yeah, yeah. You know? let's like, <laughs> run with your buds? <laughs> yeah. For me, yeah. it was uh, the,
2: that moment of, like, realizing, like, oh, I can do this, or I could, like... Perform songs was a uh, not in when I when I was in my corn phases It was like when I got an acoustic guitar from my buddy and he taught me the chords to uh, disarm. At Smash Pumpkins and, Ah, uh, yeah. you know uh, E C G and E. You Billy face. whatever. Yeah. It, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. When you have those chords, you can do all <laughs> kinds of all kinds of songs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and rip off rip off their melodies and you know kind of make it make make up your own songs with that. Of course. You know, yeah. Where'd you I've been That shit ever since. Where'd I grow up? Uh, a lot of places. Oh, Um, I lived... Were you an army brat or... uh, Navy, yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, So just kind of all over the place? In a nutshell, born in Phoenix, lived there till I was six, and then I moved to Oceanside, California, and then Ledger, Connecticut, and then Ocean Beach, California, and then Rochester, Minnesota, and then back to Phoenix, and then, uh, yeah, that's where I became an adult. Oh, wow. I didn't know half those places existed, so here we are. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of places in California have the word ocean in them. That
0: does not surprise me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they just looked out and was just like,
0: hmm, I think I can put two and two together on this one.
2: <laughs> ben,
0: where did you grow up?
1: Uh, I grew up in a small town in northern Arizona called Chino Valley. Okay. It's near Prescott. So, like, it's Arizona, but it's a uh, much higher elevation. So it's not like the desert that you might imagine. Well, I don't know if you imagine anything when you hear the word Arizona, but they're, mm. like...
0: Well, I'm in the and I
1: think standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, take it easy, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that I guess that's kind of a... Yeah, Winslow is such a shithole. It's so funny that they got name <laughs> dropped in the <this> song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a nothing. To, like I don't know, whatever. I'm sure some people love living there. Yeah, totally. who am I to judge? It's a real nothing town. A, a real nothing to, to town. To but yeah, so I, I grew up in uh, northern Arizona, and. Uh, it was cool it was like pretty boring as a yeah. kid we drive down like in high school we'd drive down to Phoenix to go to shows and yeah stuff. It's yeah it's a two hour
0: drive I was gonna say either of you probably wouldn't have had like much of like a local scene quote unquote was it kind of a thing where you know you kind of latch onto the people that have the same very specific interest as you it's just like oh you like this man I like this band. we have to be friends now
1: Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a a component of that, especially back then Mm. when it was a lot harder to find out about new music. Yeah, 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 of course. It's become quite a bit simpler for uh, the current generation, I would say, you know, because you'd have to, like, see a punk kid, which was, like, kind of a rarity, and then, like, it had a patch, and you'd be like, oh, I gotta look that up, and, like, you have to wait, like, two months until you drive down to Phoenix, and you, like, scour the record store for, like, maybe a copy of their album. Or you'd have to, like, get some, like, catalog and, like, write a check, like, have your parents, like, cut a check and, like, fucking send it off, and then, like, four weeks later, like, they... And you never even know what the music sounds like until you get the copies that you paid for, you know, yeah, so... Yeah, man. It was, Remember uh... Remember that?
2: Remember the, like, the highs and lows of that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot man. of times you'd be, like,
1: you'd be built up, you're like, whoa, that image imagery is really cool, you, mm. you see a kid with a shirt on, like... Yeah. And you, like, through all this time, you're building it up in your head, like, oh, this is gonna be great, and then you finally get the album, and you're like, oh... Cross is weird. <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: Crass isn't, Cross isn't something you should get into, like, before maybe, like, 17, 18. Like, there, there, there has to get, come to a certain point where you're just like, oh, I
2: get it now.
0: Yeah. You
1: know. Which I don't know if I've <laughs> ever actually it. gotten it. <laughs> totally. But, I mean, there's some moments. Uh, yeah. I kind of got shamed by the record store guy when I bought the Cross album anyways. I was just like... And I think it's kind of a weird one. I got Christ the album. And... I guess that kind of was the beginning and the end of like my whole crass intrigue um, <laughs> yeah, and enough people like crass yeah and it was fine it's alright and that's the thing back then you'd spend time like I invested yeah. good money in this like I don't have a lot of money I'm a kid like yeah, if you for try CDs were like, like 30 bucks yeah you try yeah. if you really Jesus. try to <laughs> try funny. to like it you know spend years sometimes trying to like it
0: yeah totally, but, totally.
1: Uh, but yeah there was a little bit there was a little bit of a scene like but it was really small and tight-knit you know yeah, it like yeah, the, yeah. the part of uh, the smaller area like the smaller town in Arizona where I grew up but there was enough that like you could tap into it you know and mm. learned about stuff that was happening in like the punk world at large
0: yeah sure but was it a similar thing for you Sean where it was just like I guess because you were moving around a lot was it kind of thing where you could only make a couple of friends where it's just like oh you like the same band as me and then it's just like alright well I gotta go
2: yeah totally yeah. <laughs> for sure I, uh, yeah I had to I had to make and remake friends for you know a lot when I was a kid yeah and uh, yeah in, in, in that I did get turned on to a pretty wide array of cool bands yeah <laughs> what kind of stuff were you, were you into at that point in Minnesota, I guess, is when I got, like, really hard into music. Yeah. Um, you know, when I when I went from being an elementary school kid to a middle school kid. Yeah, yeah. It's so a big yeah. transition. Yeah. Kind of start having
1: your own taste in music. I yeah, like, at that cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: And mm. around that time, I uh, still had the benefit of my mom's tape collection, so I'd listen to things like Depeche Mode, mm. and uh, I, I listened to a lot of Nine Inch Nails. Oh, that sure. Time, yeah, and yeah, I still yeah. do, yeah. you know, pretty regularly, I <laughs> listen <laughs> to Nine Inch Nails. Mm. Um, but some of the stuff that kids turned me on to was like uh, The Great Southern Trent Kill by Cantera Ooh. Um, which is like a very heavy album um, especially that age too yeah it's like this is the fucking heaviest thing I've ever heard I'm gonna punch someone out like <laughs> Marilyn Manson Ooh, yeah Marilyn Manson for sure oh, yeah. I had a friend named Lincoln that was really into Pearl Jam and I didn't care too much for for the, the Pearl Jam albums he was playing I like Pearl Jam a lot but I'm a uh, big
1: I was a big Pearl Jam fan. Yeah, yeah. Had a Pearl Jam hat in sixth grade. That's, That's awesome. Pearl Jam hat. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> when was the first time that you played live?
2: Do you remember? Yeah, I played at a at a VFW hall, Veterans of Foreign Wars hall, um, with a uh, with a black blues band. It was it was at the. Uh, the black VFW. So it's, right. there's a white one and a black one. Not not in not in a weird way. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a different time. Uh, my auntie Shar uh, went there. It was her husband uh, husband Ernie it was a veteran of a foreign war. But um, so I got to. I, she pulled some strings and I got to go play the the twelve bar blues with that band. Oh wow! So like this little damn little man. white kid yeah. in middle school with all these like badass blues <laughs> players. It was uh, it was adorable. Oh wow! And shameful. <laughs> I, I, I could have played those those notes better. You <laughs> see, <laughs> I'm sure one day you'll get to go back and redeem yourself.
0: <laughs> hey guys, remember
2: me? down it's, it's the same it's the same bass line that I play um in uh in Ben's band, uh, Wicked Babysitter. Ben's uh, got a couple up new songs, and I get to. I, I, <laughs> I get my redemption every time we play. Man, <laughs> <laughs> can you
1: tell that for a first gig? Uh, probably not, no. But I'll tell you what my first gig was. Please do. Um, free Delivery was the name of the band. It was me and my friend Nick. And our drummer was Angela. And actually our singer was named Travis. And uh, we played the, yeah, 8th grade dance? Maybe it was 7th grade We had three or four songs, and our singer Travis, who was a terrible singer in the first place, got uh, in trouble. He was just like a troubled youth, you know, and uh, they wouldn't allow him into the to, to go to attend the dance, so he couldn't play the dance. So, like, the day before, like, I guess, I I don't know, I think I sang a song. Maybe Nick sang a song. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then we played, like, Pipeline. uh, This, like, old, like, surf tune. I don't know if you're familiar with it. We played that, like, several times during the dance. So Um, good. (laughs) Had Hawaiian t-shirts. Yes! Or not t-shirts, but Hawaiian, like, button-up shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Free Delivery. Free Delivery was named the band. Fuck yeah. And... Yeah, it was it was really uh, nerve wracking, <laughs> you know, to say the least. Yeah, but, uh, got through it. Kept on doing it. You Kept know. doing it. Yeah. Kept doing
0: it. Here we are. <laughs> All right. Brief history of stuff you guys were doing individually before you
2: met and before Day kind of started. Sean, I had been in a band called the Bruce Expansion Project. I like it. I found out recently that. Bruce was the was uh, the guitarist's nickname for his penis. Whoa! Just wow. My theory that all art comes from the junk. <laughs> it's <laughs> all dick like, based. Yeah. Or you know, or or vagina based. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever, just the junk. Crotch based. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The rock and roll comes from the crotch.
1: Um, now sing from your crotch. And <laughs> <hash>.
2: <laughs> for that for that band, I was making up words to his to uh, to Mike's. Get, like guitar riffs and stuff mm. uh, and then I was writing songs on my own using the chords that I had learned from Disarm by the Smash Pumpkins at that time <laughs> and uh yeah I wanted to come up with a do something like that songwriting songwriting based mm. uh, and uh yeah and then I met Ben played him some of those songs and what were you doing up to that point
1: uh so yeah after free delivery a couple, like a year after that um Nick was also in the band. We started a band called Substandards when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, Accurate name. The, the Substandards. There's a hyphen there, too. It's pretty complicated. It. Classics such as Altered Beast. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> what are some of the other weird songs we had? DUI. The like song DUI, DUI, driving down the street. DUI, DUI, hit everyone that I meet. <laughs>
2: John Martin meeting
1: people on the street while driving yeah (laughs) that thing that happens
2: it's a thing that happens man
1: (laughs) um but yeah like that progressed from like yeah really just kind of dumb punk rock and then like five years later it like kind of developed into like something a little bit more like mathy and I don't know Kind kind of hardcore ish but that was like kind of falling apart um by the time i like, you know, left, gotten out of high school, and then I met Sean, like, we were working together. Okay. And then uh, Sean came over one evening to our house to, like, hang out, and, like, brought his, I think you brought your guitar, or maybe there was an acoustic guitar at our house, mm. and, like, he played a couple songs, which was, like, wildly different than, like, what I'd been doing with uh, the substandards. Mm. But I'd also recently acquired an upright Face. Right. My, my dad found it at a yard sale for, like, 300 bucks lucky dude like, so, oh. so cheap and then so it just kind of worked out that like it's like oh these songs are cool they're like catchy and like interesting like and then yeah at that point we just started playing together and no intentions of really like being in Australia 13 years later you know <laughs> but like yeah. it all worked out
0: <laughs> I don't think anyone ever plans that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you, you did must it probably to... wouldn't have worked out yeah you know? <laughs> that's really specific it's just like man in 13 years we're gonna be in Australia <laughs> yeah what if I said
1: that like, the whoa, first whoa, whoa. day of night that you were like playing those songs like oh man we should go what to do, Australia and play say that music again? in 13, 13 years,
2: years <laughs> do you remember that envelope I gave you 13 years ago <laughs> you should open it oh wow <laughs> if you're reading this then I am dead <laughs> <laughs> if you're reading this we're in Australia right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) Is that your air horn?
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck yeah. First day, JJ, sure. When? Where? The Willow House, the coffee shop
1: we worked at. Yeah, so that was like right after... It's like what I was talking about. Like, Sean came over, played a couple songs. Like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, I was booking... So, okay, yeah, we met at this place, the Willow House, Mm -hmm. where I was working. Sean just started working there. He started hanging out, came over, played those songs. Uh, I was booking music for... An upcoming like Friday night at the Willow House, I'm yep. like, cool, yeah. Sean, do you want to play? Or maybe you'd even like express an interest in yeah, playing probably. or something. I'm like, cool, yeah, let's do it. And then you're like, uh, <laughs> you want to like play in the band too? Like uh, I don't really <laughs> I feel like I don't really have any songs. Like you had a couple other people come in to like help fill out the evening because it was yeah. like I don't know how many songs you had at that point in time, but like you were supposed Bye. to fill like two hours of music. <laughs> oh wow, <or something>. yeah. <laughs> Even um, with covers, that's a fucking stretch. I, yeah. I did
2: play Wipeout a couple times.
1: It's always the surf song to so fall back on. Just do extended versions of them. So that was just like, yeah, and it wasn't even anything formal. It wasn't. There was no name for the band. It was just Sean's yeah. Sean night at the Willow House. That's a good band. And man. then, <laughs> yeah, and then actually, it was uh, yeah. this drummer it was a showed on. up. So like, yeah, Ryan Stevenson was there. He brought like an organ with him or yeah, something. the keyboard stuff. Yeah, and then this. Uh, this guy Justin James White was playing drums. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you invited him or if he <laughs> you just say, showed up. When you
2: say all three names, he sounds like like a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but he was the one. Like yeah.
1: So he was the one <laughs> yes, that actually. I knew it. Pro- he was the one that proposed us starting a band. After mm-hmm. that night, he's like, "Hey, yo, let's play together." And so yeah, he was in Andrew Jackson Jihad for the first year, and mm-hmm. then uh, we asked him to leave. <laughs> and then yeah, for years there's was just a duo, and then. Within the last, uh, I guess, probably like six years, we've been kind of like doing a more like bigger production, like live performances and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. How did
0: Preston and Mark get involved?
1: Mark started by doing merch and kind of like touring with us. And then uh, Knife Man, when we recorded that, we invited him to play cello. We found out he played cello. So Mm -hmm. we had him come and play on that. So that was like the beginning of him playing with the group. Uh, Preston actually showed up, yeah, it's it's all pretty incestuous because uh, you have like Owen, who's are playing drums with us right now, and he's yeah. also uh, has a group called Roar. It's like his project, really early. In the days of Andrew Jackson Jihad. I'm saying that because that's what it used to be called. I mean, we're yeah. JJ now, but, uh, I'm, a, I'm aware. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I have a shirt that said those three, those three words. So uh, yeah, Owen came over. Like it was the second recording session. We were like recording in our house, and like yeah. he came over to like plays play some stuff. We'd always just have friends come over and like add tracks to like you know the upright bass and the acoustic guitar. Yeah, that we did. He brought was. Preston with him, and that was like the first time I met Preston. But then just yeah, throughout the years, we we're like friends with Preston. We had him come uh, Can't Maintain We were recording that And we are like Oh this could like This song could really use Like a ripping guitar solo Don't deserve yourself So like we had him come over And like Lay down a track for that And then On Knife Man He kind of started playing more On the recordings And then he just like Was an obvious choice For a live performance Like doing keyboards And like guitar and stuff So Just like Yeah Kind of slowly Was around in like The early days But then his role Just kind of became Bigger and bigger Throughout as time passed what do you guys remember about touring as Andrew Jackson G. had for the first time?
2: A lot of days off.
1: Yeah, <laughs> a lot of shows that fell through. Those are handy. I've heard they're good.
2: Uh, not if you have too many of them. If you're not playing, you're paying.
1: Yeah, no, that's is true. <laughs> So, okay, we had a 1979 Ford Econoline van. Okay. Had totally fucked up steering. Mm-hmm. Where, like, yeah, you'd suck. just, like, you'd hold so the pretty. wheel hold it in place yeah. and then they would just start drifting so like you'd have to catch uh-huh. it over here and then like it'd start drifting over here and you'd have to catch it it was just like it'd so white knuckle the wheel the entire time and like could never just stay straight You're just like yeah 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 it was it was really terrifying um, which we had like a loft in it that we'd sleep <laughs> in the first day of tour or the first couple of nights of tour we were in uh, LA yeah. Yeah. and we just like lived in a parking lot uh, Hollywood
2: Boulevard. Hollywood
1: <laughs> Boulevard. Which we gel- made it, make- it baby! Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <just like> <laughs> it's, like, it's
2: like that out in the Great White Open Tom <laughs> Petty song. We're like
1: pee in the corner of the parking lot yeah. stuff. Yeah. We're in Hollywood, baby. Up, like, Look, just, up there in the, the sun, hydrate. I sleep in the O. <laughs>
2: it was brutal. And then, yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, most of that tour was like sleeping in Vaughn's parking lots of parking lots, sleeping, I guess. You yeah, know? totally. Oh, was it one of those things where, like, cops would come and knock on the window at, like, 6 in the morning? Pretty good tint on the windows, so they didn't Ooh. know we were in there, I don't think. That's handy. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Touring tip. a So we did have a loft in it, but that... Later on, we realized that you could, like, fold both rows of seats down, and, like, it would just create, like, one continuous bed. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, lots of shows fell through. We were supposed to go to Canada on that tour, and then, like, it was back in the day where... Rich from Motorama never answered his phone. Yeah. out, yeah. yeah. shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> you know those things where, like, you booked the show in advance, like, yeah, we'll take care of you, we got you covered, and then it was just, like, you show up in the town, like, you're trying to make contact, and, they're, like, less and less, like, responsive to your calls and emails and stuff until, like, you get there, and then, like, they're just, like... Totally ghost you. Yeah, like. <laughs>
2: that
1: cock from Olympia.
2: Yeah, Olympia. can't remember yeah. that guy's name. Otherwise, I'd say it. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Block,
1: <laughs> Lonnie Cardwell. Oh yeah, this, Lonnie this, Cardwell. This oh, he's night, cool. This Christian cowboy
2: yeah. named Lonnie Cardwell set up three shows for us in uh, in rural Idaho. Yeah, and that was awesome. Really, fun. we'll
1: set up a show. I, I don't know. Like he, he, he took he us to an us open, open mic. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the shows. Then he it's brought kind of us to then he brought us to a like
2: a biker bar. And uh, then we left. Oh my god. It turned out. Then we went to another bar and played in the corner, but I don't think anyone knew that we were going to (laughs) play. Yeah, no, I don't think it (laughs) was sanctioned or anything. It tight. That guy was great. We stayed stayed at this ranch that he was living at. Yeah. uh, It was good. Fuck. Oh, Fourth of July.
1: We had Fourth of July in uh, Seattle at a place called the Fire Breathing Kangaroo. Oh, that was tight. That (laughs) was really cool.
0: So after that first tour, did you guys kind of. Was it kind of like a learning curve where the next time you we went out, it was just like, okay, now we know what to do.
2: It gets easier every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Can yeah. I imagine, you, you know, even even you're now, a, you're a fool yeah. if you yeah. think you'll ever have it figured out. Mm. <laughs> but it's just like all this tweaking know, those tweaking those details. Years, like,
1: that's, that's good innings. Yeah, I don't know. So we're
2: better. We're better than a lot of bands at touring, <laughs> but,
1: but we get better. The best, yeah, you know? we're better than we were a year ago. Even, you know? sure. Mm-hmm. I'd ooh. say just like I don't know. Yeah, tweaking those minor minor details, especially like when it comes to international touring. You know figure out just like these tiny ways to make it work just a little bit better yeah you know, yeah and yeah like, and so when uh, did that when did that stop international touring yeah 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 when it was our first i think our first time to england and europe was 2009 probably with keffy ghoulie sounds about right Which was uh, great because Kepi Ghoulie's like fucking veteran, Mm. road veteran for sure. Yeah, Kepi Ghoulie's next level
2: figured it out.
1: Yeah, and he was able to like, you know, just to be under his wing for him to like kind of put that whole thing together and invite us along Mm. was really great. Because you just get like, you know, having somebody along that has experience, Mm. especially when you're like in such an unfamiliar environment as like, you know, a foreign country for the first time. What was it like
0: kind of? playing to, you know, an audience that was, you know, quite literally very foreign to you guys that a lot of people probably wouldn't have heard you before.
1: It's good. Yeah, I mean, just, you just get out there and you do your best, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, <laughs> like,
2: it's really fun to try to win over a crowd. Have you found that that more and more with, like, I guess, you know, like,
0: it coming over here for the first time, for instance, you know, like, playing with Smith Street Band, which is obviously a very well-established band, and then, you know, playing to an audience that... You know, mostly, you know, obviously a lot of people came to see you guys, but also a lot of people would have just known Smith Street Band, not known any of the other bands on the bill.
2: Yeah, it's great. It's, like, as long as you're playing in front of people and you get a chance to try to win them over, I love that. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between, like, our first tour of Europe and, and our first tour of Australia, because, like, well, the big, the big difference is that we're, there were way more people for Smith Street Band mm. than, uh, than for us and, and Keppy. Like I mean, and, and I'm not saying that in a sad way at all. It's just mm. The fact that Mystery has fucking huge shows here, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, so cool. That was two years ago. The shows are even bigger now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard I've heard rumors of some of the some of the supports they're thinking of bringing out, like bands that are like you know, way more massive than uh, than <laughs> we, we will ever be. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I for one can't wait for the Smith Street U2 tour. I think it's going to be absolutely sensational. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bono seems pretty excited. <laughs> yeah, about yeah. He's really right. excited
2: about the opportunity to play in front of a lot of
1: new faces. In yeah,
0: Australia. yeah. It's all- <laughs> I think he's t- calling it a real return to his roots. So. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I've heard, I just found out Smith Street, when um, they tour Australia now, it has become, what, a six piece fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, uh, previous guest of the show, Jess Locke. Mm-hmm. Uh, sings and plays guitar, and uh, hopeful future guest of the show. Eventually, one day, Lucy Wilson, who fronts the Sugar Cane's, who mm-hmm. you guys have toured with, yeah. uh, is, is uh, a kind of jack of all trades. So she sings, she plays guitar, keyboards, bit right? of keyboards, bit of percussion, bit of tambourine, everything. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, just because there's so much on that last record, you know, yeah. like, instrumentation-wise. So, um, yeah, they've kind of expanded out to being a six-piece. And, yeah, got to see it live Sweet. for the first time in, in May, and it was very, very fun. It was awesome.
1: That's the thing, I guess that's, yeah, kind of a, a thing that's common with fans. i noticed that with Jeff Rosenstock, for example. Yeah. We've done that a bit, too, where, like, you get so excited in the studio... You just like start adding all these layers and you're like, oh shit, we have to play this for people. Yeah. You know, and it, you're like, we oh, hey, gotta do this. On, yeah, And you get Energy. a keyboard.
2: And <laughs> you, and you get, get a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a keyboard. Eventually oh God, it's just so gonna be like craft You guys are just gonna covers. have four synths up the front. <laughs> that's what C Jeff was like the last time. It, it was very craft work. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> everyone they, had a fucking they keyboard. They got bits and bobs that's, everywhere. It's wild, isn't
0: it? Yeah, they were literally just here a few weeks ago. Um the the new band. So that was uh so that was Mike, John and Kevin. Um, and it was fucking awesome it was such a fun
1: tour they take uh, last time I saw him in Phoenix they also had Dan Podhass
0: yeah 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 so Dan did the last the uh, Austra- yeah the yeah. previous tour with them because he had just finished a solo tour of Australia
2: mm-hmm. so
0: it was just I was just like can you stick around and do our stuff and it was just like yeah because Dan will do anything because he's one of the fucking nicest guys in the goddamn universe yeah, and
1: very talented yeah incredibly yeah, he, he talented he lives to rock <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly he's got some great moves with like uh yeah, the first time I saw him in Jeff Rosenstock he's playing sax mm. but he's just got like these great rock moves like in between when he's not actually playing it you Yeah, know yeah, just yeah. like kind of holding it over his head just like <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah like madness style yeah just yeah. swinging it around and shit god I love cool. it um, well, like pretending like acting like it's a guitar yes for a
0: little... oh, I love that <laughs> we're on the move uh, so yeah um, I guess now at this point as we were talking about like you know doing this for the better part of, it, you know, almost 15 years now, you know, and there's obviously a lot of things that have changed since you were starting out, and, you know, like, people have come and gone from the band, and, you know, like, you've gotten to, you know, play more places than I can imagine you would have ever probably anticipated when you started out, like... Same. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think are the most important things that you've learnt from, from doing all of that, and, like, is there anything in particular that you wish you knew... At that, you know, when you were first starting out and touring for the first time.
2: No, I think uh, really, yeah, I think for touring, you really just need to to do it to learn how to do it. Yeah, Um, there's not like you can you can try to give as much advice as you can to someone that is going to try to tour, but they just need to do it and learn through
1: trial and error. That's the best way to learn something. Yeah, I think that going having um, difficulties, hardships. Are the things that make you good at it? Yeah, and without actually going through it and like feeling the pain of all that stuff, like you wouldn't learn. I don't know. Yeah, you can tell people, you can give people good good advice, but yeah, it's not until something very visceral kind of happens to them that they learn those lessons. Very true. Very true. All right. Well, we will wrap it up here, gentlemen. But before
0: we do that, I ask this of all of my guests. Now it's your turn. Sure. I want to know about the best and worst shows that you have ever played in your entire life.
2: <laughs> God damn! Uh, a, <laughs>
1: That's why I save it till last. I got a worst show. So as we were, uh, we were talking about our first tour and how yeah. uh, our buddy booked uh, some shows in rural Idaho. Kimberly was the place where we played the Cowboy Bar. It was a really strange spot. Mm-hmm. It was just like a bunch of local like shit kicker kind of guys and they were actually enjoying our music at first Mm. but it was a weird scene like yeah really weird scene and then like we uh yeah there's a guy that's like fondling his uh, a lady just like openly like at the bar it was real gross and like this old biker squeezing up on his old lady (laughs) (laughs) and so uh so we're like okay cool we're gonna try to sell some merch because like i don't know why not these people seems like we're going over well and we start busting out the shirts, and they have like pentagrams on them, you know. And they have like Andrew Jackson Jihad and rope lettering. Yeah. And then immediately, like everyone turned on us, and we're like, "Okay, uh, the vibe has changed here really quickly." Let's like, we just like packed everything up really quick and like got out of there before we got our asses kicked. Holy shit! So I don't know. I guess I don't know. It's a great story. I guess yeah. I can't say it was, I can't. I can't say it was really that bad of a show. We played well. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. the most important thing.
2: I, I try not to really like. I don't think I don't think about the worst shows because, like, if I did, I wouldn't want to play shows. Totally, yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I think that's probably why I can't think of one right now. Tonight's tonight's the best show. Oh, that's and
0: that's the, a great sentiment. And the worst show. <laughs> it's everything you want it to be. Yeah. Just, we'll get, <laughs> oh, all right. Well, if you if you can't think of any worse ones, what, what what's what's some of the best ones that that come to mind?
2: Hmm. What makes you oh. want to do this? Last night in Brisbane was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the uh, that might have been our best out of country show. Wow, that's a ever. huge call. Um, yeah, it was it was great. Killer energy, um, wonderful crowd. Uh, and then I guess our high, you know, one one highlight, our biggest show ever, uh, our biggest headlining show, was actually with the Smith Street Band uh, uh, at uh, the Metro. That was like our to to record our record biggest headlining shows, Big yeah. Street Band, Jeff Rosenstock, and Chumped with uh, with us at the top. Was that in the Metro in Chicago? Yep. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that was great.
0: Oh, to, to bring it full circle, that was where the Smashing Pumpkins originally played their final ever show. <laughs>
1: their final, the the original final. Yeah, yeah, show? yeah.
0: So so the so the first time they they broke up. So back, I think it was like two thousand, maybe two thousand and one. So it was,
1: yeah, a little while ago. (laughs) My first, like, show, it was, like, within the span of a month, I, like, saw my first two shows that were, like, me going. It wasn't, like, going to see bands that my parents wanted to see or whatever, you know? It was, like, my shows, my music. Smashing Pumpkins on the Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness Tour, America West Arena in Phoenix. And then later that month, I went to this fucking punk show at, like, a community center in Prescott Valley with the attendance of, like, three people and like so yeah it was a cool month because I saw like the big production rock show and yeah. then I saw like the no production punk rock show and yeah like that was my yeah that one let, that one made me think oh yeah I could be in a band because like you don't even need people to show up to be in a band <laughs> all you need is like an instrument you know yeah so. yeah
0: yeah <laughs> do, you, do you have any any shows in
1: particular that you remember as the, as the best shows? I'm trying to think i mean there's just so many it's hard to like even yeah categorize them yeah mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of some highlights for some reason i can't answer that question <laughs> that's okay been so many great shows like it's uh,
0: maybe that's a good problem to have yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the album is the bible too you can pick it up in stores still i don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon so uh get in there while stocks last uh, Sean, Ben, is there anything you would like to plug, share, say, etc. before we uh, get back inside and play a rock show?
2: Thank you for the interview, David.
0: Thank you very much. You are most welcome.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having us. Absolute pleasure.
0: Thanks for being had, guys. <laughs> I'm David James Young and all my friends are in Barman's.